of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Great time of year because it's still football season, even though the Browns aren't playing any longer. We're a week away from the Super Bowl. We don't care about the Pro Bowl, but we do care about our Cleveland Browns. So with that being said, every week now, even though the season's over, a story that never ends is our Cleveland Browns and help us break it down. Scotty Petrak, brownzone.com. Scotty, how are you today? I'm pretty good, JT. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. And, you know, I mentioned this Pro Bowl. What do you really make out of it? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't make a whole lot of it. I'm sure. I mean, I dabbled in a couple minutes last night, but I was actually mm-hmm. watching um, some Northwestern basketball, so I didn't see a ton of it. Uh, you know, I think they're trying to make it as fun as possible. But you know, when you're not playing a real football game, it makes it yeah makes it tough to get too interested. Scotty, is it important to the players to be named to the Pro Bowl? Oh, there's no doubt. Okay. There's no doubt that that's an honor. It's the actual. You know, nobody wanted to play in the game, right, mm-hmm. when when they were still playing the game the last few years. Now, you know, like a guy like Joe Batonio, I think he has fun. I think he goes out there and he enjoys being around the other big-time NFL players. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was catching punts and throwing passes. Like, I think they have fun doing that. Um, Miles Garrett seemed to be enjoying the dodgeball game. You know, you get to hang around guys. But, you know, the football part of it is really secondary to the honor and then the, you know, kind of camaraderie, I guess. I'm a little bit worried that they're having it in Vegas. I mean, with all the <laughs> off-the-field issues, I mean, when you think about it, to have something like that in Vegas, I mean, what, South Beach wasn't available? It, you know, this team, for whatever reason, off-the-field issues haunt this team. And did they get a talking to before they left for this thing? I mean, does anybody really say anything? I think they probably should. No, I mean, it's the off-season, right? They can do whatever they want nowadays. Wow. The player, not nowadays, but the off-season. Right yeah. since the day they left Maria until the day they get back in April, they're kind of on their own. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure plenty of guys, whether you got invited to the Pro Bowl or not, I'm sure plenty of guys wind up in Vegas, just like plenty of guys I know wind up in Vegas. Why wouldn't you? At least this time you're getting paid to go there. Scotty Petrick, as our guest, I was looking at Brownzone.com, the season in review. It says not much went right in 2022. Obviously, we know that because of the record. But the thing is, this when you saw the teams in the playoffs. Are the Browns really that far away, in your opinion? You know what? I, I, I don't think they're far away from being a playoff team. Okay. And all you have to do is look at the games they let get away this year, right? And even with Jacoby Brissett starting 11 games, you go, well, should have beaten the Jets, should have beaten the Falcons, should have beaten the Chargers, all of a sudden should have beaten the Saints, right, mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve in the yep. bad weather. All of a sudden you're looking at 10, 11 wins, right? Like that doesn't seem like too big of a stretch to me. Now, are they – on the same level as the Chiefs, who've been to, whatever, three Super Bowls in the last, whatever, five years. Right. Um, you know, probably not, because until he proves it, Deshaun Watson is not Patrick Mahomes, right? And that makes such a difference. And you have all the experience, and you have Andy Reid as your head coach, right? All those things that go into being a perennial Super Bowl contender, um, the Browns just haven't proved any of those things. Are they as well-rounded as the Eagles? No. You know, the Eagles have a big-time offensive line. They have a big-time defensive line. You could argue the Browns have a big-time offensive line, at least the potential to have one. They're far away on the defensive line, and we saw that time and again this year. So 
I think they're in that discussion among playoff teams. I think they need to get big-time quarterback play and improve specific areas of the roster and depth of the roster to even think about being in the discussion with the two teams left you know, playing in the Super Bowl. We know some of the shortcomings on that roster, but some of the other positions, I mean, obviously backup quarterback. What What do you think, yeah. what direction will they take? And will they maybe even offer Jacoby Brissett to come back? You know what, that's really interesting. I, I think somebody asked me that um, for my mailbag because it's been in my head the last couple of days. Um, I, I think they'd love to have Jacoby Brissett back. I don't think he's coming back because he feels like he can go get a chance to start somewhere and he's probably right the way he played. Now I don't know if any team's going to hand, you know, I don't think any, I know no team's going to hand him a long-term contract and say, okay, you're a guy for the next five years, but could he be a bridge quarterback? Could he get a year somewhere? Yeah. I, I think that's entirely possible when you look at, you know, Geno Smith got a chance with the Seahawks this year and Mariota with mm-hmm. the Falcons, right? Like, uh, Jacoby Reset's as good as those guys. Now, you know, Gito had a great year, but going into this year, nobody expected that. So I, I think there will be a market for Brissett at the least to compete for a starting job, which is what he wants because he knows that that's not available here. So I don't know where the Browns turn. Um, obviously, Joshua Dobbs, you know, went, they cut him, and then he went and finished the year with Tennessee. They have Kellen Mond on the roster. Mm-hmm. They traded for him. I think they traded for him, or they signed him off waivers right before the end of the, you know, right after the preseason. Um, he was a third-round pick a couple of years ago from Minnesota. He's a big That's kid, right. physical, can run, but he just hasn't played at all. So do you want that guy as your backup, or do you feel like, hey, you need to go get a veteran backup in case Watson gets hurt? And I think that's a real question for this organization, given – they don't have all the salary cap room in the world, and maybe that's where they try to save some money. That's interesting, and I'm going to ask you about that salary cap in a second, but I want to go back this direction as we're still talking about a backup quarterback. Who gets the credit for developing Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Brock Purdy in San Francisco? And you know what? That might be the, the way, the route that they take. I always, my mind goes back to the Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, and how they're able to make, you know, hay with what's there and not spend a lot of money, but yet still develop a lot of talent. Would the Browns be willing to maybe take a page from the Guardians and maybe develop one of those younger guys and say, hey, look, man, if the 49ers can do it, why can't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 49ers have a have a system in place, right, where they seem to get good quarterback play. Now, they don't get good quarterback play from everybody because they've had some losing seasons when they've been hit with injuries. But this year, okay. um, they made it work, right? Lance gets hurt, Garoppolo plays, and then Garoppolo gets hurt and Purdy plays and plays really well is, you know, the last mm-hmm. pick in the draft rookie. So um, I, I think it makes sense to always be thinking about the quarterback position and be investing in the quarterback position. You know, Mike Holmgren for all the, for all the crap he yep. took here, you know, talked about how when he was all his previous stops, he really believed in drafting a quarterback every year. Hmm. So you have somebody to, to groom, right. Okay. You can have him in your system. You don't expect him to play right away necessarily, but, he learns and then he grows and then he becomes your starter or you can trade him, right? And you can use him as an asset. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns said, hey, we'll go with Watson, Mond, and then draft a guy in the yeah. later rounds. Um, and that's their quarterback room. I could see that. Having said that, I, I think there's some concern there because all of a sudden if Watson gets hurt the first play of week one, mm-hmm. what are you going to do, right? right? So I, I think you really have to manage that as an organization. 
Scott Petrak with Brownzone.com is our guest. We do this every Friday at 4 o'clock. Scotty, I want to get into this salary cap right now because I don't truly believe there is one because if, if restructuring is really a thing, I mean, that's a path they have to go down, isn't it? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, right, it, that's a complicated discussion, right. and I don't proclaim to be a salary cap expert. But I know that you can make it work, right? Teams have done it forever. All these, A lot of the teams who have been – Consistent contenders figure out a way to get the contracts under their salary cap. And maybe at some point, um, you know, you have to pay the piper and you have to have a, you know, you have to cut some guys mm-hmm. and that's how you reshuffle your roster. But you can make it work. And I, I think Andrew Barry and company will be able to do enough salary cap gymnastics where they can sign and or trade for players they need at positions mm-hmm. of need. Right. So, Obviously, the salary cap going up, and it was a significant jump. I want to say $16 million. Yes. That helps the mm-hmm. Browns. They rolled over a bunch. But they're going to have to, I would think, make some restructuring. And, you know, the easiest one to point to is Deshaun Watson. Right. So it's such a big number that if you can figure out a way to restructure that, you can save yourself a bunch of cap room presently and then push it down the road. Scotty, have we ever been in this predicament where somebody had to be restructured, and if who was who was it? Yeah, you know, not to this degree. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, if we flash back to, you know, 16 and 17 when they were 1 and 31, you know, they had all the salary cap room in the world. Right. And they were just rolling it over and keeping it. Um, you know, I know Sashi Brown would probably argue that when he took over, they had a little bit of issues, and that's part of the reason he didn't retain some of the better players, you know, Mitchell Schwartz and those kind of guys. But I think he'd also tell you that it was part of their big plan to rebuild um, and tear down and rebuild. So mm-hmm. not to this degree, you know, I mean, last year they had some salary cap issues, which, you know, before they could pay Deshaun Watson or Amari Cooper, whatever those offseason moves were, you know, Jarvis Landry was cut and J.C. Trevor was cut mm-hmm. and they cut Austin Hooper with the June 1st designation, right? There were some moves to create some space, um, but I don't think it was quite to this degree. Okay. But I also don't think it's reached a level of like the Saints, who for years have been negative salary cap heading into March. I don't think the Browns are there. I saw you tweeted out a few minutes ago that uh, former defensive coordinator with the Browns, Joe Woods, going to interview with the Saints. But I want to ask you about Sean Payton. What are your thoughts on the Sean Payton signing with the Denver Broncos? Didn't they give up too much? Well, what was it? Two firsts and a second, and then they swapped a second and a third. He's going to um, get paid seventeen to $20 million? Yeah, I mean, the money. Yeah, I mean, they own Walmart, right? So All I don't right. think they're worried about that. <laughs> but um, it's always interesting to me. Like, we value these draft picks, and I get it. These draft picks can turn into the best players in the league, right? That's what happens. They can also be average players. They can also be bust. So I'm not a guy that I'm not a guy that worships draft picks. So if you have a proven commodity, whether it's a player or a coach, I'm not scared to give up those draft picks, which is why mm-hmm. I didn't like the Deshaun Watson trade mm-hmm. because of off-field stuff. From a football perspective, I didn't mind giving up I don't just philosophically. I don't mind giving up draft picks for a big time quarterback, right? And I think the same applies to a coach, probably to a lesser degree. But we could have that argument: mm-hmm. is a coach, quarterback, more important? So that doesn't bother me if you're a Broncos fan. And I think Sean Payton is a proven commodity. And what would excite me is he had all the success in the world with a six foot quarterback, in right? The and that's what Russell Wilson is. Now he's going to have to tweak it because they're not the same player, but. That success 
would give me a lot of faith if I were a Broncos fan. Scotty, if if you're a Browns fan and you're talking about the Denver Broncos and we get a new coach there, we don't know what might happen. Is Jerry Judy someone that might interest you as either a number two or a strong three receiver behind Amari Cooper? Yeah. How fast is he? Because that's what they need. Mm -hmm. They need a guy that can fly. And, you know, I don't know if Judy still fits that, um, but I think that's what's missing. Because Cooper, he's well-rounded and he can run, but he's not a flat-out run-past-you guy. Mm -hmm. We know that Peoples Jones isn't that. We know that Anthony Schwartz has not become that, right? Even though he's got Olympic, you know, sprinter speed. So they need a receiver that can fly, whether it's, I think the first priority is, can you run by a corner, get past the safety and go catch the ball, right? Make a deep catch. Mm -hmm. And then second is, can we use them on bubble screens? Can you use them on jet sweeps where you take advantage of his speed in that way? So whatever, whatever receivers fit that mold, those are the guys I'd be interested in. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago you're willing to give up some draft picks. I am too. I'm right there with you. But we know in April the draft is coming up, I believe the second week, almost third week in April. You think the Browns trying to make a move, get back into that first round somehow? I don't. I think I'm not ruling it out, right? They've right. shown Paul DeBedest, Andrew Barry have shown they'll trade up, they'll trade down. But their default is more draft picks are better, right? They mm-hmm. believe it, they believe it's a crapshoot. They believe volume is important. So I think they're more inclined to trade down from wherever they're going to pick. Let's call it 46, Mm -hmm. right? They'd probably be more inclined to trade down like we saw them do last year. Um, They have eight picks now, so maybe they would be okay moving up a little bit. But it just takes a lot to get up into that first round, and they have so many needs that I don't know what you give up, right? What do you give up to go – you give up a future first-round pick to get into the first round? It seems a little short-sighted. Mm-hmm. So if I were going to bet, I would say they, they either stay it in the middle, second round, or move down from the I middle. Think, I think that's safe, too. I mean, you'd ha- you're going to have to give up a, a proven commodity in order to get into that first round. And then again, more picks. What are you going to do? Go through the rest of the uh, decade without a first-round pick? I don't know if I could see that. But then again, I never thought they'd give up three for Deshaun Watson <laughs> either. So Scotty Petrak is our guest right now from brownzone.com. Scotty, when the Eagles were in town for camp, did it ever cross your mind that that's a really good team? They could be in the Super Bowl? You know, that's interesting. I got to tell you that the, they were there for two days, mm-hmm. right? And the first day was when the Watson 11-game settlement came out. Okay. So that day was a blur. Okay. I mean, I went out and watched practice, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I was late getting out to watch practice. I had a million things to write regarding Watson. So I can't say that I devoted all my attention to, you know, checking out the Eagles defensive line. I remember watching the second day um, and paying attention and watching that defense and liking their corners. Um, and they had a couple of good corners and mm-hmm. seeing how the Browns matched up. But, you know, there's so much needs to go into it. And the fact is, I did not think Jalen Hurts was a Super Bowl quarterback, right? And he's proved me wrong. Yeah. He had a MVP caliber season. And, you know, I don't know if you could tell that watching, you know, 797 right. and 1199 without tackling. Um, but that would have been my big question about the Eagles. I knew they had a bunch of good defensive linemen. I knew they had a bunch of good offensive linemen. Um, you know, later they traded for, or no, they already had Adrian Brown, right? So you knew they had some mm-hmm. receivers. Um, but the question for me was, could Hurts be consistent in the passing mm-hmm. game? And obviously he has been this year. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't for an injury here or there, and you go into this playoff 
They've never been behind in the playoffs this season, which is mind-boggling no. to me. But I didn't expect it to be there either. And if you look at this team, and they are favored, but I know the line's gone back and forth. I don't know if they – I'm sure they weren't favored the last Super Bowl they were in, and they end up winning it. They beat Tom Brady. Now this team looks like the big kid on the block coming out of the NFC East, which almost put every team in their division in the playoffs. Yeah, it's really impressive. And, you know, I, I think we have to – their season has been remarkable. And they've been mm-hmm. one of the top teams in the league all season. And I think they're 16-1 and one when Hurts starts. Man. Right? So you, you can't take anything away from them. But, you know, they played the Giants and the 49ers at home in the playoffs. The Giants are the Giants. Daniel Jones reverted back, reverted right. from the player he had been. Right, He had a good game in Minnesota, played poorly against Philly. It was a blowout. We know what happened with the Niners and their quarterbacks in the championship game, right? So they haven't been tested in the playoffs, and I think that is something to keep an eye on because I expect the Chiefs to test them. Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. is the best quarterback they're going to face, right? Because he's the best quarterback in the league. So that will be a challenge. Having said that, I like their overall roster better than I like the Chiefs roster. You know, the Chiefs yeah. roster is top-heavy, and that's what happens when you play your quarterback a ton of money, and you play a cup. You know, you pay Chris Jones a ton of money, and Kelsey a ton of money. Um, the Eagles aren't paying Hurts a lot of money, so therefore you can have a deeper, more well-rounded roster, and it shows up on their D line. It shows up in the secondary, offense line. I mean, they got they got talent everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're still a week away. But my thought is that that talent, that overall talent, is going to make the difference in the Super Bowl. Plus, they have a good style; they can run it. They can throw it. They can run it with your quarterback, which is hard to defend. Um, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but there's a lot to like about that Eagles team. And it's really impressive that it's almost an entirely different team than the one that won the Super Bowl like five years ago. It really is amazing. And and when you consider the NFC East versus the AFC West, we would have considered the AFC West probably the best division in all of football just for the mere fact that they had the best quarterbacks in the league, right? So, certainly heading into the season. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So, now, so now you find yourself with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and yet both teams have great defenses. And for the most part, our way we want to talk about is uh, Patrick Mahomes and his you know uncanny ability to play with a busted-up ankle. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, I, I, I hate to bet against Patrick Mahomes or pick against hard. Patrick Mahomes. He's so good. Yep. Um, but – the ankle does concern me, and the Eagles have such a big-time pass rush, right? They had 70 sacks during the season, and I, this, the Chiefs' offensive line is way better than it was a couple of years ago, but I keep flashing back to that Buccaneers Super Bowl where they just teed off on Mahomes, and I don't think the Eagles will have the same success, but I do think they're going to they're gonna be able to pressure him. I think his mobility will be limited, and that could be the difference in the game. So mm-hmm. my thought right now is, Eagles, I think Mahomes will make enough plays to keep it close. Um, but if the, if that front four of the Eagles can get to Mahomes consistently, then then all bets are off. Then it could become a, a lopsided game because when you can get your quarterback with the front four, um, it makes it really difficult on an offense. Scotty, final question with Junior Loose. The Greater Cleveland Sports Awards last week. How did everything go over? And, you know, Joe Thomas, obviously, the future Hall of Famer is there, and we can't wait to get him inducted. It's going to happen this year, but what else went down at the awards show? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Uh, you know, the, my focus was talking to Joe Thomas. Um, we did talk to Jacob Phillips, the linebacker. He's been in, he's in Berea rehabbing that torn pack. So he got to meet Jim Schwartz. He's looking forward to the fresh start. 
with Schwartz excited about having him, um, you know, as a new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, Tito was there. So it's, a, it's always a good event, you know. Joe Hayden, Phil Taylor, Joe Jervis, um, former Browns players were there. Talked to them about Joe Thomas. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I expect Joe to be announced on Thursday as a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I talked to him this week on the phone. I've been talking to some of his former teammates. Talked to Alex Metz yesterday. So I'm working on some stuff about Joe um, and his likely induction this year. And, and just some great stories from Joe and from people who knew him. I talked to Phil Savage, who drafted him, um, just about his journey and to become, you know, one of the all-time greats right. in this league. I'll give you real quick. Joe told me, I asked him what the worst thing he played through. You know, he played those 10,363 yeah. snaps. He said he had back spasms for four straight weeks that never went away, and he played through it and didn't miss a snap. That's amazing. You know, and it's it's going to be so much fun because – you know, obviously, it's something to look forward to, and spring always hopes eternal, and we like the beginning of the football season, and we have a very funny idea that he gets inducted. Browns will be playing in this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame game. Don't have the exact dates in front of me just yet, but when they do, and he will, you're going to have to come down and spend a day with us here on the Kenny and JT Show. How's that sound? Well, I'm, I was going to ask if I could crash at your place. No problem. Uh, we got room. Down there. Okay, cool. Abs- hey, I'm serious, too. But doors always open. And we're about a mile away, so don't even hesitate, oh, man. perfect. <laughs> no, don't even worry about it. We got you covered, man. All right? Thanks, bud. Scott Petrack, you're the best, man. Brownzone.com. Get him on Twitter, at Scott Petrack. Breaking down the Browns because he's there on a daily basis, and he knows it better than anyone. And like we said earlier, the story never ends. We're going to break in right now. More of the Kenny and JT Show right after this.